So in 1968, astronauts from the Apollo 8 mission to the moon experienced something dramatic. Having focused intensely on the moon, they looked back at the Earth, hanging in the void of space, and they described experiencing a cognitive shift, a uh, change in mental clarity that some call the overview effect. And it's, it's an uncanny sense of understanding the big picture. I like to think of it as maybe getting a small, tiny sliver of God's perspective on things. In these last days in ordinary time, the church invites us to look at the big picture of our own lives by reflecting on what it calls the last things, death, judgment, heaven, and hell. And it's really good that we do this because it helps us to have clarity about what is truly important. And it can help us to make decisions on how we live our lives. You know, my own life reflecting on these last things has helped me to make important decisions. Uh, most recently about the diaconate. Early in the discernment process, I struggled with whether to enter into formation. I saw two paths that were laid out before me. The first was continuing down my current path of career and growing that and retiring one day from it. But there was the second path that God had presented that I perceived that he might be calling me into in which he in invited me to kind of step back just a little bit from career. I still work, but just a little bit from career, but to focus more on him and his desires and his people. So the struggle was holding on to this life that I knew really well, running into this new life that was one of service and love to God and his people. So over several weeks, I would literally picture in my mind these last things. So I did as I kind of pictured in my mind that I was at the end of my life and I was in the hospital on the bed. And in one instance, I had chosen the career path. Not the career is bad, career is good. God calls us to work as we saw in our second reading today. But in there I felt a little bit of, uh, like I was missing out on something because of just the amount of time that it required. And so I kind of changed focus. And the next time I imagined, I was at the end of my life in the hospital, on my hospital bed, and I pictured that I had said yes to the call to diaconate. And despite, you know, not knowing what was coming, you know, fearing the unknown, I felt a sense of consolation. You know, I felt God's whisper saying, take this path. So by looking back on these two paths. I guess you can just really kind of know which one I chose, right? It's very important when we do look back on our lives and how we live them considering these last things. Today's first reading from Malachi reminds us, the day is coming, blazing like an oven, when all the proud and all evildoers will be stubble. And that day is coming will set them on fire. But you, who fear my name, there will arise the sun of justice with healing in its rays. How will we understand these two different experiences of this fire? You know, the scriptures tell us that God is love. And there's also scriptures that tell us that God is a flaming fire. And so I like to put those together. The fire of his love consuming everything in our lives, which separate us from full communion with him. Malachi tells us that those who turn away from God 
is going to experience this fire like stubble being consumed in a fiery oven, ending in their loss. But for those who have turned towards him, they'll experience this fiery love as healing rays, ending in justice. So Malachi is remembering or reminding us that who we are and what we choose and what we do really do matter. In today's second reading, Paul tells us something similar. In those days when 2 Thessalonians was written, many were expecting the day of the Lord, his return, to be imminent, like at any second. And because of this expectation, some people just kind of gave up doing anything. They were just waiting for the Lord to come back. And then others started to live disorderly lives. As Paul tells us, they were worried about what their neighbors were doing more than what they were doing. But Paul reminded them of the importance of continuing to live prudently and working quietly, imitating him and the other disciples who themselves continued to work while also witnessing to the world about the good news of Jesus and the redemption that he won for us. This, this weekend is Missionary Discipleship Weekend, and like the apostles, we've been given the same mission to tell those we meet as we go about our daily lives about the good news of Jesus Christ. Pope Francis, in his encyclical, The Joy of the Gospel, wrote this. The primary reason for evangelizing is the love of Jesus, which we have received, and the experience of salvation, which urges us to ever greater love for him. What kind of love would not feel the need to speak of the beloved, to point him out and make him known? If we do not feel an intense desire to share this love, we need to pray insistently that he will once more touch our hearts. We need to implore his grace daily, asking him to open our cold hearts and to shake up our lukewarm and superficial ex existence. How much good it does us when he once more touches our lives and impels us to share his new life. You know, the world needs this good news. Many do not want to hear it in today's gospel. Jesus reminds us today, just as he did that day when he spoke those words to the people who were following him, that the world is experiencing then and is experiencing even today difficult times, wars, famines, plagues. Sound kind of familiar? He told them that they and we will be persecuted for sharing the truth of who Jesus is and how he wants us to live. And Jesus tells us, as he told them that day, not to fear because our perseverance in following him will secure our lives. You know, this is weighty stuff, considering the last things, death, judgment, heaven, and hell. But it's very important that we think about them as we do each year as we prepare to enter into the Advent season. By reflecting on them, we can prepare our hearts for his coming. Looking on our lives through the lens of the overview effect helps us to live them with the proper perspective towards what really matters. By considering the last things, we're directed to keep our focus on him who loves us so much that he stepped out of the glory of heaven, entered into our humanity so that he could save us, so he could save you and me. And he loves us so much that today he's willing again to humble himself, to be present with us here in the Holy Eucharist, which we're about to receive. By keeping our eyes and our hearts fixed on him, we, like the psalmist that we heard today, we'll be able to praise God 
clap our hands and shout for joy when he comes again on that last day, whether at the end of human history or at the end of our own lives. So this week, I invite you to take some time to reflect on these last things. Ask the Lord what he wants for you. Keep your hearts fixed on him and do whatever he tells you to do so that when he comes, you too can experience the healing, the healing rays of his fiery love.